0: Hey, everyone. In today's episode, I want to be speaking with Daniel Craig from Profit Coach. Listen in on the benchmark study and your opportunity for a free one-on-one consultation with his team on your numbers. Listen in.
1: Welcome to the Property Management Mastermind Show with your host, Brad Larson. Brad owns one of the fastest growing property management companies in San Antonio, Texas. This podcast is for property managers by property managers. You'll hear from industry leading professionals on best practices, new ideas, success stories, and lessons learned. This is your opportunity to learn about the latest industry buzz surrounding property management, as well as tips and strategies to improve your business.
2: Need a repair at 2 a.m.? Easy does it! Easy Repair coordinates maintenance and nothing else and
1: takes after-hour maintenance calls for property managers, working with your property management software
2: so you can see exactly what Easy is doing without leaving your own software. From Las Vegas, Nevada, our full-time maintenance coordinators will dispatch your work orders directly with your vendors. Give us a call at 800-488-6032 or visit our website, easyrepairhotlinellc.com. LLC.com. Diggs makes your leasing process lightning fast and 100% fraud-proof straight from the applicant's phone. Findigs not only instantly verifies income by connecting directly to bank accounts without any documents uploaded, but also uses 3D selfies and facial match technology to perform complete fraud-proof bank-grade identity verification, allowing property managers to process applications in under an hour. For more information, check out their website at www.findigs.com. Or reach out to Henson at hensonatfindigs.com.
0: Welcome everybody to another edition of the Property Management Mastermind Podcast Show. I'm your host, Brad Larson. And today's guest, I'm bringing on Mr. Daniel Craig. And we're going to be talking all kinds of fun stuff about profit management, the the NARPM accounting standards, and the benchmark study. Because this is really important stuff for what we want to do as an industry to be able to gather that information in digest it and apply it to what we want to understand in our industry. So it's really important that we listen to what Daniel Craig's got to say, and we have to participate in some of the things he's going to offer. So without further ado, I want to bring on Daniel DC, my man, my ping pong uh, nemesis (laughs) because he's beaten me handily in ping pong and it just drives me insane. But the next time, the next time, my friend, I yeah. will get you somehow. Uh, you, better you. You, better, you better bring your $500 ping pong paddle. Well, what I'm going to have to do is break one of your arms or something. <laughs> that's, that's easy math, right? You're probably right. Uh, yeah. So Thanks just pick a baseball bat to the ankle, and I'm going to be a winner on that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, all, all kidding aside, so we've had you on before. And you got to give us a few minutes to tell us what you are, what what you do, yeah. who you are, and all the good stuff, yeah. because then we can we can go from there in this conversation. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so I'm the CEO of Profit Coach, and uh, we came into this industry, specifically the property management industry, in 2017. Uh, ran an accounting company before then. We've always had this uh, mission of helping entrepreneurs optimize what they get out of their business by understanding their numbers knowing where they are knowing where they want to go and knowing how to close the gap in terms of maximizing their financial performance and uh, so we were looking for uh, an industry where we could specialize uh, in 2017 and through a series of events god guiding us we landed on property management and uh right out of the gate uh, one of our partners said you know what we need to really understand the financial performance of this industry by doing a financial benchmark study. So in 2017, we started the efforts uh, to do a national benchmarking study on our own dime in the property management space. Recruited about 50 companies to give us their data. And uh, we released an initial uh, version of that benchmarking study at a conference in January of 2018. And Brad, I'll never forget, I get off the stage after having done this gut-wrenching exercise of trying to do a a benchmarking study with 50 different companies on 50 different chart of accounts and hoping that I got something of value out of the data. And I'll never forget the very first words out of your mouth after that uh, presentation. You're like, Daniel, you're a blankety-blank genius, but your data was pretty much garbage. I don't know if you you
0: remember (laughs) that, Brad? Yeah, I do. I gave you guys a little bit of a, a frank follow up. Let's say the upfront, uh, down and dirty, honest four letter word follow up. Because the reason behind that is you guys did mammoth work. I thought it was fantastic the effort you put into it, but it didn't really give us anything to measure. And so this is where we started to conceive this concept of a NARPA accounting standards. And so we went to NARPA and we proposed it. Uh, they sliced off a budget. And next thing you know, we engage with your company and you guys created it. And yeah. so it put it into motion. We adopted it right away. And the industry has been slowly adopting it more and more and more because it's a fantastic guideline, mm-hmm. a very good chart of accounts, a very good chart of accounts system and an operational flow with all the definitions. That was one of the things that, that I was most upset about is, no definitions were ever put in place. Yeah. So for example, you know, what is a vacancy? Oh my God, you and I could spin this round and round. Like what is yeah. a vacancy? We could go 10 different directions. When is a vacancy start? You know, define it. Is it when they're not paying rent? Is it when no one's living there? I mean, you see where I'm going? We could spin it 10 yeah. different ways. That's what the Narpama County Standards attempted to do was to put those into a definition exactly. where everybody would be speaking the same language. It really is a language of numbers.
1: Yeah. And it's a language of comparison as well. I think in the past, and this is, I think, one of the things you were passionate about, Brad, was, you know, we go to these conferences, we have conversations and it's sort of the Wild West of everybody gets to define what they mean by what they say. So, you know, someone is calculating revenue per unit and they're including all their maintenance and brokerage income and someone else isn't. And the one guy feels like he's underperforming, but nobody really knows what we're talking about. Uh, and so it's, I think the, the language of the NARPM accounting standards is a language of comparison to facilitate real meaningful conversations and break people's boxes around what they think is possible. And that's what I think is one of the most powerful things about the NARPM accounting standards, and in particular, the benchmarks that are part of the NARPM accounting standards is when you have clear definitions and someone comes to you and says, hey, would you be interested in knowing what 100 other companies are doing out there and they've got twice as much revenue per unit as you do and you can trust the data, then you start to reconceive your notions of what's possible. You do new things in your business, change happens and the entire uh, bar of financial performance in this industry starts to go up and that to me is what's really exciting about this.
0: Well, for example, let's, let's dive into this just for a second. Revenue per unit, right? So this is why we did this. This is where I'm going is because you mentioned it earlier, but I wanted to clarify it because define revenue, right? Revenue yeah. equals your management fees, your your leasing fees. Keep going from there. What yeah. you would exclude is the money you get in from the commercial building that you rent. You exclude yeah. the car wash business that is, you know, it's it's tied to your management company. Yeah, that's what is beautiful about this. So define just revenue per unit. Go.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, one of the things that you have to start out with is how do we define these metrics and the way that we define them is based off of a standard chart of accounts. Okay, And so this is really kind of the heart and soul of when people talk about getting on the NARPM accounting standards, what they're talking about largely is getting on a standard chart of accounts, which breaks down and helps you divide out the various divisions of your business. That's really key. Uh, Because what we've seen over and over again in this industry is people are doing property management, they're doing maintenance, they're doing brokerage, and and inevitably, usually what you find is that one division is propping up another. So the of accounts breaks the revenue out into three key buckets property management revenue maintenance revenue brokerage revenue and then inside of property management revenue we have what we call residential pm income that doesn't include commercial buildings that doesn't include short-term that is revenue derived from uh, um, residential property management long-term single-family property management and so that's revenue and then we define what we mean by units. So revenue per unit. Well, we look at units as occupied units. Most companies collect most of their income when a unit is occupied. Some people collect income when it's not occupied, but we have to have a way to compare. So we pick one, which is the, the most common one, which is people derive revenue when the unit is occupied. So what that means is revenue, which is residential, long-term, single-family property management. We can include multifamily too, but we're mostly focused on single-family divided by occupied units. Brad, there's my definition.
0: I love it, and that's what we wanted to accomplish because how can we compare revenue per unit from Company A to Company B when the definitions vary? Right. And this is the beautiful thing, and I wanted to break it down to a, like a really, you know, grassroots level, just as an example. Because people look at it like, well, what do I care about You know, comparing myself to the left and right? Well, it's very important because what if you want to buy? What if you want to sell? And yeah. you're going to need those numbers to present to a lender and or to present to an acquirer wanting to purchase you. Yeah. And it needs you need to have clarity. And I think yeah. this is a fantastic thing. So part of the benchmarking study that I want to talk about with you next is you're taking the data from other companies. You're compiling it. You're making sure they're on the NARPM chart of accounts. You're making sure that we're all speaking the same language, and now we're comparing all these different companies to actually come up with an industry normal, and mm-hmm. potentially actually where there could be some decision points being made. And mm-hmm. so I want to keep want you to talk more about that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's let's use the example that we just had when we um, did this benchmarking study in we uh, released the Northern County standards in 2019, we were working off of uh, a, a data set from 50 different companies, each of whom were on a separate chart of accounts and booking things in different ways. And so that, while, while we tried to break things out and, and clean up the data and we spent a ton of time, I think we, we spent about 1500 hours on the study. So we, we spent a bunch of time cleaning up the data. The reality is, is when everybody was on a separate chart of accounts, there's only so much granularity that you can dive into. And so now that we've released the NARPAM chart of accounts and we're fast forwarded three years from that, we now have you know a whole cohort of companies that have adopted that chart of accounts have been using it for a number of years and have a lot more granularity, consistent granularity baked into their books. and a level of granularity that's consistent with a a, a large number of companies. So now we can go in and start looking at things like not just revenue per unit, but management fees per unit, leasing fees per unit, pet fees per unit. Brad, you starting to get excited. Maintenance coordination fees per unit. And we can start understanding pricing, for example, at a whole lot more of a granular level. Use another uh, example. We can start looking at labor allocation on a lot more of a granular level and the first study we kind of divided between management labor labor and direct labor now we're going to be able to start looking at things like leasing labor uh sales labor and more granularity on labor spent What about other costs how much do people spend on rent as a percentage of revenue on average on technology on software on, um, you know, employee benefits, a variety of much more granular insights that we're going to be able to use to benchmark and really dial in financial performance at a much more granular level uh, for property management companies. And I think the thing that's also exciting is we're going to have a broader data set that we can segment and slice and dice in greater ways. So, hey, you want to know how you stack up to companies that are in the Two to three or two to 400 unit range, boom, we can give you that number. What about the four to 600 range? Boom, we can give you that number. Six six to 1,000. And so there's going to be more opportunity to segment based off of similar sizes or even locations of business as well. So granularity is going to be a lot better in the study. Um, There's going to be a whole new set of metrics. We're going to dive into maintenance performance, uh, because we weren't really able to do that before in the past. So what does profitability look like in maintenance? What does labor efficiency look like in maintenance? Uh, So new metrics, new granularity, new segmentations, and we really need people to pony up and contribute their data to this collective uh, project of raising the bar of financial performance in this industry. So that's, uh, that's the mission we're on right now, is to uh, recruit uh, a whole cohort of companies. Right now we're at about a hundred companies signed up to participate and um, we're gonna cap it at around uh, 200. So um, this is a great opportunity because not only are you gonna help contribute to what's going on in the community in terms of this endeavor, um, but as part of contributing your data, we're gonna give you a front row seat on not on the insights that come out of the data as those are generated but then also at the end of the study we're going to sit down with every participant that that wants us to and actually show them their financial performance stacked up to the new benchmarks so participants are going to get a ton of value out of participating in the study not only by helping develop the benchmarks but then getting a a a front row seat on how their numbers stack up to those benchmarks
0: let's talk through some of this because there's going to be as i mentioned earlier some decision points and when i'm talking about this This is what the data is going to give them opportunity to understand. So, for example, if you are a management company with 300 units and you're looking at the management companies that are between between 500 and 700 units, but your profitability and your range of your realm might be better than the profitability between 500 and 700 units, you might look at that and say, well... I'm fine with where I am. I don't okay. want to grow to be a bigger company because yes. the profitability kind of dips a little bit yeah. as you grow. It's like a staircase almost. Yeah. right? It kind of right. it goes up and flattens out. It goes up and flattens out yeah. as you grow. So that's going to give somebody a, an actual like, okay, well, I get it. That gives me some actual uh, information to make a decision. Do I want mm-hmm. to stay where I am mm-hmm. or do I want to try and grow bigger? Another yeah. one that's really exciting is it gives people the opportunity to understand where they are in their revenue and their fee generation. Exactly. Um, Give us one there because for example, pet fees and you could look at similar companies that are generating, I'm gonna try to use round figures. Let's say they're generating 10,000 a year in pet fees and they're a 500 unit company, but the industry standards is they're generating $40,000 in pet fees for a 500 unit company. That's going to tell a management company, hey, knock knock i probably need to be charging more on pet fees because everybody else around me is doing that and yeah. if the market meaning everybody else says you should be charging more for a pet fee that's the decision do you can say all right instead of charging $5 a pet fee you can charge you know $25 a pet fee i'm just using crazy mm-hmm. numbers made up but that's going to influence them in a decision so this is real world you can apply it to your business to help keep you in line with the rest of the industry. That's the whole point of this, am I right? That's 100% of of the point. Again, I think one of the biggest
1: values of this whole project is for property managers to understand what's, possible and i think after the first study a lot of people realized that things were possible that they didn't realize before yes you can achieve a 3.5 to 4 labor efficiency you know people say well we are our staff are just work so hard and blah 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 and you, you know find out well they're still on paper checklists and so they haven't made the investment into workflow management software okay and so it's interesting how these numbers based conversations again break people's boxes around what's possible, cause them to look outside of themselves for what other people are doing. And really it's this number thing is a large part of what helps just general operational improvement because people see here's what my competitor's doing or what my friend is doing, here's what I'm doing. I gotta go actually pay attention to what they're doing. I thought I was the best. And I'll I'll tell you, um, Brad, one of the people that participated in the first benchmarking study um it was right around the time that we were rolling this out and uh, he made a comment to me he's like yeah you know what I I, I know that I'm going to be at the top of the pack of all the benchmarks and and lo and behold he wasn't and that's the this kind wasn't of- me was it this this wasn't me. um he's a great he's 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 a great guy and, and he's doing a lot of great things but he thought he was sort of a cat's mouth in the industry and he, and he just wasn't, I mean, he was doing some good things. And so again, he got a new sense of what's possible and what his potential was. Okay, so the point of all of this is a lot of this has to do with what's possible, what's, what's, what your potential is. So taking this back to revenue per unit, where we start with that conversation, and this is one of the things that we're gonna dig into more, that we didn't even dig into in the first study, what, which is let's segment revenue per unit relative to average rent okay so a lot of people think about uh revenue per unit as sort of like well i'm at 300 okay uh that's great but what determines how much you can charge we think the best proxy of what determines how much you can charge is actually your average rent now be careful some people say i can't charge what he can because my average rent is lower well what we are what we found and what in in a small data set and what we're gonna dive into much deeper in this study is, okay, how do management fees scale down as average rent goes up? Okay, so we know there's that relationship. So we're gonna dive into that. Um, And then what's the structure and relationship of other fees like leasing fees or pet fees related to average rent? So there's some things that are, you know, rent dependent like management fees, generally speaking in higher rent areas, management fees are lower. In low rent areas, management fees are higher. So we're gonna look at some of those nuances and ultimately help people really get clear on, here's the range that the people with a similar average rent, here's where the top performers are in your average rent bracket. Uh, They're charging somewhere between 15 to 17 or 17 to 20% of average rent and total revenue per unit. And then from there, we can go to the level of what you were talking about, which is, hey, what are the key ingredients of how people are getting up there? pet fees, resident benefits packages, lease renewal fees, tenant renewal fees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, those are the kinds of things that we're going to be able to see and help people get a new sense of what their potential is through this study.
2: Property Meld is a smart maintenance coordination solution proven to turn maintenance headaches into profitability. Our maintenance coordination hub connects all property management companies' key players in one location, providing maintenance oversight and efficiency to property management maintenance teams. Our solution streamlines communication throughout the coordination process, resulting in the oversight and efficiency property managers need to create a profitable maintenance operation. Property Meld delivers property managers with a positive maintenance experience check out more information at propertymeld.com or reach out at info at
0: so a couple of things I want to add uh, we engage your team to do an annual search on RentWorks yeah and so the people that do that they, they pay you a little bit of a fee you can work it out with whatever but we get a lot of consulting we get a really deep dive into our numbers and then we get two or three file calls from that or one I, I forget but what you do which is I, which is what i love i'm trying to make a point is you take that data from the benchmark study and then you apply it deeply to rentworks on an annual basis because mm-hmm. okay brad you generated you know x number of revenue in this one little code of line again call it a pet fee and you generated this x per line one code well, the industry standard is actually lower than that, so you're doing right. good, right? Yeah. Well, industry standard is less than that. You really probably can, should consider to bump up your application fee. Right. You know, if you're only charging X per application fee, we're seeing the industry standard is is double X, and you're charging right. X. So this is this is where this is where it can really flush out and actually pay for itself. Now, having said that, and by the way, Brad, before you move on, that consultation that you were just talking about that we do
1: for you is we're going to be very similar to what we're going to do for all of the participants in this study. So you don't have to pay to contribute. We value your contribution. Uh, and frankly, it's not even going to take that much of your time uh, because our our team can do the, the, the data extraction. But because we appreciate you participating, this the, the uh, one-on-one deep dive review that Brad was just describing is very similar to what we're going to do for all the the participants.
0: Well, you beat me to my question because what I was going to ask you is the, the how does how do the participants benefit? Is yeah. it going to be a webinar format at the end where you kind of talk to everybody who participates? No, it'll be one on one. Yeah, what we're going to offer uh, for those who want is one on one. That's fantastic. That's the yeah. reason enough just to throw in your data. Uh, and how and you know how intrusive is it? Talk to me through. Talk me through sure. like, what they got to do to to participate yeah. in that study. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so here's here's what we need. Um, one of the things that is unique about this study compared to really anything that anything else that's done in this industry or really anything that's been done in the past, um, not to self, too, <laughs> sound too self-aggrandizing, is that this is not, cue phrase, self-reported data. Okay. This is not self-reported data. This is not you going onto a Google form and filling out a bunch of numbers that you may or may not Totally no. This is data extracted from the source of record, okay? And so what that looks like is we're pulling out two years worth of uh, financial data, property p data from, and transaction data from your corporate accounting software, such as QuickBooks, and then two years worth two to three years worth depending on how much you have available because we're trying to do some year over year um, analysis as well which we didn't do in the first study Uh, but in in terms of the the data for your property management software about two to three years worth of unit data um, we're going to be looking at some things like average rent as well but primarily we're interested in you know how many units did you add how many units did you lose how many were occupied because that's the data that when we layer with the financial data from your quickbooks we get those uh metrics that are unit based economics so it's not just revenue but it's revenue per unit for example okay so that's the data that we need um and it's actually pretty sophisticated the way that we analyze analyze that data like for example um in terms of reviewing the, the level of data integrity in this study is super high so we're not just looking at a p l but we're reviewing uh, at a high level the underlying transactions in your PL so we can make sure that the data is clean. The point I'm making is that there are a number of reports that we need from both softwares in order to do this. It's possible for you to pull those and send those to us, uh, but the easiest way is just giving us temporary access to the uh, source of record. Uh, That's is the standard way that we handle this. We go in, grab the reports, um, get out and uh, you can you know remove our access. So really, in terms of what's required of the participant, you have to you know fill out an initial application, tell us who you are. Give us access to your corporate accounting data so that we can review that and make sure it's data that we can actually use. And then from there, give us access to your property management software, tell us a little bit more about your business and some just general questions about your labor structure and whatnot. And then we do the rest of extracting the data from your corporate accounting software, from your property management software. And then... Um, We we, um, sanitize that in terms of anything that needs to be reallocated, make sure it's all up to snuff, merge it with the larger data set. And then that's when we go to work slicing and dicing the data and releasing the aggregate study findings uh, to the general public. So we're not releasing any private data. Uh, All the data is kept 100% confidential and all we're releasing is uh, general findings based on the aggregate data set. But again, in terms of what's required of you, Fill out an application, give us access, we pull the reports, we do the dirty work, we clean it all up, we merge it all together, we define the insights. And then at the end of the process, uh, if you want, we sit down with you and give you that one on one view of how you stack up to the latest industry trends and help you get an understanding of what your top opportunities are to add 10 15 $30, $100,000 to your bottom line next year.
0: Key question is are you going to release your hair care secrets? That's what I want. Uh, uh, you your know what?
1: Seekers, come on, it's it's <laughs> just like whatever whatever um, gel my wife can find on
0: discount. So no, nope, uh, yeah. all right. So serious punch you in the face time. Okay, soapbox time. I want you to be careful on how you discuss churn with your clients because it's very sensitive. Uh, one of the things that I had a little bit of an irritation point. You know, I chewed you out one time before earlier about the churn. Fun. Is you're not you're not in our shoes. And so, you don't know necessarily how churn works in a management company because you may not have those conversations with an owner who says he only wants to rent to Martians. Uh, you may not have that conversation with an owner who says he doesn't have any money for repairs, just have them get a ceiling fan or a box fan and put in their home in Arizona at 110 degree heat. So, churn is something that is tough to, to actually quantify and address. Hang well, on a well, second, Brad. Since you said you were going to punch me in the face, let me just
1: jump in it's not hard to quantify and maybe it's hard to diagnose and categorize,
0: but yes. Yes. Okay. So it's, sure. it's, it's there. I mean, it's a black and white number, yeah. you know, units in units out, Yeah. but for any of, any advisor outside of the management company, that's actually doing it to say, well, your churn sucked this year because you suck. Sure. Uh, no. That is offensive. You know, we does, take does, that that sound, does that sound, is that what I told you? <laughs> no, you didn't No. See, we're having a good time with it, but you understand, uh, we yeah. got killed with sales when we when you and I talked uh, six months ago, or a year ago, whatever. Not about six months ago, Brad. Your churn was like what? Well, what were we at? Twenty eight percent or something stupid? Yeah. Well, it's the hot sales market, sure. and I, you know, it's almost like we have to get defensive. And it's not you. It's just it's just sure. the data. And you just said it like a like a matter of fact blanket, like black and white. Well, your churn was twenty eight percent, and you know me being an emotional wreck, like oh, we had a bunch of sales. It was it wasn't my fault, you know. Right. And uh, so it's just a fun little uh, tidbit to tease each other on. Sure,
1: sure, sure. And now what we really need, and Brian, I think I actually got this concept from you, is the ability to segment, churn into good, neutral, and bad churn. That's right, Um, we do. And and unfortunately, none of the property management softwares make this straightforward. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that being said, that's what we really need to do. Uh, I don't think that's really going to be something that we can totally do in this study. However, here's what we can do. We can still compare churn across the country or in similar markets in a certain time period and ask the question why did some some companies experience 35% churn whereas other companies experience only 15 or 20% churn in, this, in, in the same market for example. So those yeah, are our, that's good data. That's good. That's, you that's, know. That, those are the kind yeah. of comparison points that we can use to have a more meaningful conversation because here's the thing. I've never met a property manager that ever had any customer service issues okay all the churn that they experience is a result of the market it's all the hot sales market okay yeah i I mean facetious but at some point we just got to look in the mirror and say okay now i actually might be responsible for some of this churn and one of the ways we can sort of get into that is by saying well what are other companies experiencing in a similar market
0: yeah and some of the the things we do to combat that is we try to do outgoing surveys we segment that into good, neutral, bad losses. Like a bad loss is they fire us because we screwed up. A yeah. neutral loss is they like they move back into a home. Sure. Uh, a good loss is like we sell their home. Right. Yeah. So some of those good losses are good because you potentially capture the sale. But yeah, obviously the bad losses, if you're racking up five, 10% for bad losses because they fire you, there's there's some issues that you gotta address. Yeah. What I want to talk about next is uh, your next project after the benchmarking study or kind of during the benchmarking study is we're working on the National Accounting Standard Certification, the NASC. So kind of give me the background of that and let's let's kick that around a bit.
1: Yeah. So um, again, Brad, I think this was something that you brought to the table. And the idea here is that uh, for those companies who have adopted the NARPIM accounting standards, uh you know they're operating in general at a higher level of financial performance and financial integrity uh in many cases than companies who have not adopted those standards and again what are the narcom accounting standards it's a standard chart of accounts it's a standard set of metrics and benchmarks and it's also a standard set of financial controls best practices in terms of how you handle both your trust funds and your corporate funds and so the point here is that uh, there's a lot of value in adopting these and, 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 and for companies that do adopt them and do comply with the standards outlined in our accounting standards, they're operating most likely at a higher level of financial integrity than other property management companies. And that needs to be uh, uh, observed and valued and designated so that that value can then be sold or or at least represented to their clients and so that's what the NARPM accounting standard certification is all about it's about the ability for property management entrepreneurs to demonstrate to prospects clients and the wider industry an enhanced level of knowledge skill and professionalism within their business around their financial practices and so um, that's going to involve a certification course, a certification exam, certain verifications that have to be uh, defined about their business, and then a certification, a designation uh, that can then be represented again to prospects and clients on their website and their marketing and their branding about uh, the level of financial integrity that they have in their business as a result of this designation.
0: Yeah, this is one of those things that we proposed in the beginning when we first initiated the NARPM accounting standards was at some point, let's work up a designation. Let's work up a certification. And it kind of falls in the same lines of the CRMC, which is the the Certified Residential Management Company certification through NARPM, which is a fantastic certification if you can get it. Uh, Even if you don't even have a designation at all, you can get the CRMC booklet and that's your playbook for running a good management company. It really is a well-read document. So I think that's kind of what we were trying to model it after, in addition to the fact of rewarding the companies that went on to the NARPM accounting standards, rewarding them for going through the certification process, and giving them a big red sticker that's going to go on their website, right? Giving them a marketing uh, leg up from their competition to say, no, we are NASC certified, NARPM accounting standards certified. And so it's a really good marketing piece for them to help build their business in the same line, helping them run their business very well, more efficient because they're using those accounting practices that need to be implemented because we are money managers. That's what we do. We're money managers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, kind of to this point, Brad, I was just talking with.
1: Uh, 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 someone who does acquisition evaluations for probably one of the most significant acquirers in our industry right now. So she's the one that's looking at the books and the trust accounts and the financials of companies that her company is looking to acquire. And I was just on the phone with her yesterday and she's like, Daniel, you would not believe like there are so many people that still need to get on this financial bandwagon in terms of the narco accounting standards and proper handling of other people's money it is the wild west it's terrible she's like and she's like you know what it's crazy like it there are big names in this industry who are just out to lunch on this issue <laughs> and so uh she didn't tell me who those big names are uh if she did i wouldn't divulge them on this podcast but the point is there's a lot of opportunity to up our game. We are managing uh, millions of dollars of other people's money, and we need to follow certain best practices. Those best practices are li- outlined in the NARPAM accounting standards. And if you are following those, which you should be, then you should be getting some kudos for that, so that you can demonstrate the integrity of your company versus the property management company down the line. And I think that's what this uh,
0: project is about. That's exactly what it is, and so. Give us an update on working with the NARPM designation committee to kind of where you are with the timeline to potentially see this NASC be implemented.
1: Yeah, you know, we're very early stage. Um, You know, frankly, NARPM just uh, signed off on this proposal, Uh, I think it was the beginning of this month. So we're very early stage, but the designation committee has looked at uh, what's been proposed and they're very excited about the elements and ingredients of this. And so uh, it has the full support of the NARPM board, the NARPM finance committee, and the NARPM designation committee. And uh, as we get towards the latter end of the year, we're going to be working on the release of this. The um, 2022 NARPM financial benchmark study is set to release at NARPM national in October. And we expect the uh, NARPM accounting standards certification to release somewhere uh, in in the fall
0: of 2022 as well. That's fantastic. So, how do people learn more about the benchmarking study to sign up? Because remember, it's capped at 200. And inside of that, you get a free consultation, uh, a free deep dive with your team. So, I think that's in itself worth it and it costs of nothing. So, where do they go to get that information, and get signed up?
1: Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm actually going to share my screen. And um,
0: basically, it's well, want... great on a podcast, you know, buddy. Let's, let's share yeah. your hair care secrets too. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: So um, here's the uh, landing page, go to benchmark.pmprofitcoach.com and uh, you're going to get all sorts of information that you need about uh, this study. So um, again, two steps to dive in, contribute your data and receive a one-on-one financial performance view uh, with us. And so um, this is presented again by NARPM and Profit Coach, very simply how it works. Got to apply to join, apply here by July 10th. Uh, That's what you need to do. Once you're uh, uh, applied, we'll review your data and make sure we can accept you into the study. And you then contribute your data. And then at the end of the whole process, again, compare your results with the one-on-one analysis with us um there are just stories uh stories upon stories of people who have benefited from engaging this process i just got this one uh last week or the week before converting to the narcom chart of accounts has made a huge difference in our year-to-year reports not only are we understanding our financial performance with greater clarity we now have a much clearer line of sight on where we can improve to maximize profitability that increased clarity is producing great results for us okay well so said.
0: A nice job chris lindquist Yeah. Uh, Well said in that review because that that paraphrases it perfectly.
1: Yeah. So, here, here just in a nutshell, why does this matter? We need benchmarks. This industry needs benchmarks to help raise the bar. It, it, It just, I can't say it any more simpler than that. You have to know what the top performers are doing. And that knowledge has to be spread abroad so that other people can achieve that same level of performance. So, number one, we need benchmarks. Number two, we need the latest benchmarks. The, the 2019 benchmarks are good. It's now time for NARPA County Standard 2022. So that's why we're releasing this study. And this is really the time for property, manage, property managers, NARPA members, to contribute back to the community in a way that's going to drive huge benefits for them as well. And so um, what this means to you is you'll receive admittance to the exclusive 2022 study contributors club, a private Facebook group with insider updates. Um, We're also looking at some uh, special events for contributors as well. And like we've talked about, you'll receive that one-on-one financial performance review from us, where we do a deep dive analysis of your financial performance compared to updated key financial benchmarks. I give you the top highlights of your financial performance strengths and your top opportunities for improving profitability. And folks, we've got tons of companies already joining in, and we hope you'll be the next person to fit, click this join the study button and uh, contribute your data.
0: Yeah, capping at 200 as makes it for a nice, even, round, uh, good database to dig from. Really appreciate you coming on, DC. This has been a fantastic conversation. Looking forward to the NASC and what you have to offer with the committee. I know it's, it's like in early stages and there was talks about uh, classes. There were talks about recurring like every year. There's some interesting stuff behind it, but I do feel that's one of the the best things that can be done is, it doesn't have to be the business owner, either. It can be the the key accounting person that can that can earn that designation on behalf of the business. And so it's just gonna be a, a cool thing to see, and then a lot of marketing effort behind it. So it going to uh, benchmark, say the URL one more time for yeah, me. Yeah, benchmark.pmprofitcoach.com. Perfect, appreciate your time here again, buddy, and uh, look forward to beating you in ping pong sometime soon. Just uh, don't break my legs. Your hair care secrets. You know, got to get that, that hair gel formula <laughs> down. And uh, we'll stay in touch. We'll see you at the next go around. All right.
1: Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, DC. Resident Interface is a comprehensive delinquency management solution for property management companies that serve rental properties with over 500 units located in Florida, Georgia, Maryland, and Texas. Resident Interface offers property owners and managers a financially transformative end-to-end delinquency management experience. We're a single contact responsible for the entire process from late payment to eviction management and final debt collection. And we help increase net operating income through technological innovation, operational transparency, and Respectful recovery procedures. Learn more today at residentinterface.com. This has been a podcast episode by propertymanagementproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us feedback, and come back for our next episode.